Living in the pitch black darkness of the caves of southern Europe is a tiny eyeless Chinese dragon thing that can regrow its arms and sense prey using electricity. Well, that's not even the half of it. The Ulm is the world's longest living salamander and has taken Gloria Gaynor's call to survive to heart as it grows strong and learns how to get along without food and light and stuff. But sometimes the neutral gym is the way to live a long life here in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, please search Cassie Michelle on YouTube or Spotify. And thank you to Ryan for the creation of this week's artwork. To check it out, you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter at LD Taxonomy or visit us at our home on the web at LDTaxonomy.com. And today we're talking about a lost boy that lives in caves and doesn't want to grow up. But more on that later. Uh, a long wormy boy. Yeah. Or he grows up f- forever. <laughs> <laughs> but wh- what are we talking about? We're talking about the Ulm. Ulm, alms for the poor. Darn it. That's There goes one of my nicknames. <laughs> Listen, you got to be quick with this. Delete, 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 delete. <laughs> Apparently, I'm one of those weird people that when there's an L um, near the end of a word, I pronounce it like folk wait is it supposed to be ohm i don't know (laughs) but i've been um some people have pointed out that like it's not folk it's folk no it's folk and it's not yolk it's yoke that's correct what no there's when you yoke an ox and you don't want to be unequally yoked that's one thing but an egg yolk that's different oh yeah 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 wait so obviously, Y O K E is not spelled pronounced yolk. Right. Yeah, I'm talking about the egg thing. The egg is pronounced yolk. Yolk. No, it's yolk. Not according to just the like it's walk in my computer. It's not walk. It's walk, and it's om. If you look up om. how to pronounce yolk with an L, it spells it Y O W K. That's in- that must be incorrect. It must be. Google is never wrong. Why put an L there? There's a reason why we do these things. But folk, I think I would agree with you. I just, maybe it's a little bit uh, tricky. Tricky thing to, to say, so. Actually, folk, they Google also says F-O-W-K. Yeah, I guess for like s- Southerners, like folk used to say. I'm hearing it both ways. People who say uh, folk instead of folk should say ohm instead of ohm. But anyway, we're talking about an ohm. Yeah. O-L-M. We're we're also going to call it here. Uh, This one's from Brian. The off-brand axolotl, which I totally get. If you look at it, it just looks like a long axolotl. Uh Uh-huh. It's it's axolotl, actually. No, no, wait. It's axol... Yeah, it is axolotl. The axolotl is axolotl. Because this this guy's long, the uh, it's also no country for old men, <laughs> and old man Wigglesnacks, which I'll talk about. It also has another name that it goes by the Proteus. 
Yeah, I forgot to include that. I did read that. And I was like, "Ooh, that's cool," um, and then I didn't put it in. But it is uh, part of the taxonomy. Yeah. Would you like to hear about that? I sure would. It lives in the kingdom you know, love, and reside within. Animalia. It lives it's in there. the phylum Chordata. It's in the class Amphibia, so it's kin with frogs in that regard. The order is Urodella, Urodella. Udalali. Pr- <laughs> Udalali, Udalali, please give me alms for the poor. Um, <laughs> this is double Robin Hood reference. The family is Proteidae. Sure. The genus is Proteus, like like you can call the alm Proteus, because it's the only member of the genus. Proteus. Proteus. And the species is Anguinus. Proteus Anguinus. Yeah. Thomas Anguinus. Thomas Anguinus. The, the enlightened theologian. But since we're talking about naming things, like naming them Thomas, it's time for my favorite part of the show, Nitty Gritty Nomenclature. I couldn't find a collective noun for this guy. So, with Nitty Gritty Nomenclature, if, in case you're new to the show... Uh, I asked Joe a question, and that question is, what is, how do you translate the binomial nomenclature, which we just established is Proteus or Proteus Anguins. Um, so usually it's Greek or Latin. On the whole, they tend to mean something. Sometimes I get, uh, I get a dud and it's just, it just means like this genus and that's it. Uh, word made up for the genus but for the most part they usually mean something and in this case it does so joe what does proteus anguins mean is it a serpentine water god b ancient blood c strong cycles or d primordial worm Ancient blood sounds cool as heck, so let's do that. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Incorrect. The answer is serpentine water god. Okay, that was never. That was like my third to fourth choice. Really? I, yeah. When I when I was reading them, I was like, oh my goodness, it's gonna be so obvious that this is serpentine water god is so so awkward that I. Um, that it would be obvious that I didn't make it up. All the other ones seem like so... It seems, it seems obvious that you would make it up. Because it lives in the water. It's a serpent-like creature. Yeah, but like the deity? Pro- Proteus is the Greek um, water prophetic deity. It also reminds me of words that mean old or first. Yeah, like Prothean. Or prototype. Or pro- progenitor. Yeah, so that's why I was going ancient and primordial. Or strong, protect. I'm glad, I'm glad it was challenging. <laughs> I was afraid it wouldn't be. Okie dokie. Would you like to know what it looks like? Yeah, I would. Well, it, the Ulm is a writhing, slimy salamander with a long, slender body and tiny little arms and tiny little legs. They are mostly torso. And their tail is relatively short, with a thin fin 
uh, located on it for swimming. Their heads are alligator-shaped, like a rounded triangle. If you can pick long, flat, round triangles. <laughs> you, you know, round triangles. Triangles that are shaved, like the edges are shaved so that your toddlers doesn't hit their head on it. Beveled, beveled triangles. Yeah. It kind of looks like, um, like a, like a Japanese or Chinese dragon. In, in like, the terms of the head shape? No, the whole thing, like a very long writhing torso with tiny little legs and arms. And then, uh, and then, yeah, like an, you know, alligator esque, like long snouted head, kind of like Haku from Spirited Away. Yeah. Owns are called. Covesia ribica, which means human fish, because they have pale human skin tone colors. Man, if you ask me to to turn to translate human fish into Latin, that is not what I would have come up with. It's not Latin. It's uh, Serbian. It's Croatian. Oh, there we go. That that answers that question. <laughs> Coveica Coveica. I wish I knew more about how to pronounce Croatian. I just just put on your best Russian accent and go and go with it. If my own last name my own last name is any indication, it should be pretty phonetic. Yeah, oh yeah, I forgot you're Croatian. I know that uh when I went to when Andrew and I went to Croatia, we stayed in a uh a town called Grabovac. That's just fun. <laughs> that's just fun to say. <laughs> Strangely, these weird little Limbs it has only have three toes on the forelegs and two toes on the back legs. Shameful. And they also have frilly external gills like the axolotl. Mm-hmm. So you said they were axolotl because they're bigger than the axolotl. Uh, so let's talk about how big they are. Welcome to the Beloved Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show. The part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send in audio of yourself saying, singing, or chittering the words measure up into LADTaxonomy at gmail.com. We don't have a new measure up intro this week, so that means we get to hear from an animal, and Carlos has to guess what it is. Great. It's probably going to be fun to listen to. Without further ado, oh, Joy said Laura, who is a small child. Really loved one of the animal sounds, and she kept mimicking it over and over. And I'm assuming it wasn't that just like that horrible seal sound. Was the seal sound horrible? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, it's the one that sounded like Taco Bell. <laughs> the oh, the it wa- was the um, the wages of Taco Bell is death. It was from the Atlantic Mudskipper episode, the snow leopard. Oh yeah, that one threw me for a loop that was like one of my last options to pick would have been the snow leopard just so weird okay so we're not listening to a snow leopard this week but without further ado the listener's favorite part of the show so is that a a cape buffalo b an alpaca, C, a hippopotamus, hippopotamus, or D, an elephant seal. Wow, those are all really good um, options there. I don't think it's a hippo, so I'm going to rule that out. 
I'm also going to rule out Cape Buffalo, so I think it's between alpaca. Alpaca. Final answer. Alpaca. Yeah. Okay, the answer, the correct answer is C, hippopotamus. Oh, that's the first one I eliminated, too. The the I thought the alpaca was just going to be a dark horse, like something that's so odd that it seems like it could be right. They have that, like, deep grunt bleat that just sounds like it definitely yeah. could have been a, an alpaca and i have no idea what hippos sound like so mammalian that... large mammalian grunts could all you know be put in the same gumbo that's my favorite indie band <laughs> a gumbo of grunts uh <laughs> delicious <laughs> let's talk length they're t- between 20 and 30 centimeters or 8 to 12 inches in length. Okay. Uh, how many foot. go into Ma- Mahajezers in the Albanian Alps? Excuse me? It's a mountain. Another mountain. Well, at least it's a foot. So whatever I guess on the... F- I don't have to do the extra math step. I just... Whatever I guess is the answer. Is my answer. Uh, Albanian Would you Alps. like a hint? Um... Will it help? Sure. The mountain is among the Proklatihe or accursed mountains. The mountains are tall with steep sides. Their insurmountability and the wild, untamed nature of the terrain in the area likely earned it the name accursed. Hmm. You got to get in touch with your uh, cultural heritage and learn some Croatian or... Yeah, yeah, Croatian, I guess. Maybe that would yeah. help you with uh, Serbian. It, and It's difficult to uh, make that jump. It's not like learning Spanish or a Germanic language. Unless, what are its roots? What's Slavic. Croatian? Yeah. Slavic. It's all the Southern and Eastern European language bases. Very few cognats. I hate cognats. They, I love cognats. They, they swarm all over the place. They swarm all over the place, making words easier to remember. Yes, because they sound like other words. Mountains in Southern Europe are tall sometimes. (laughs) 10,000 feet. Actually, I think that's what I guessed on the last mountain. But I was like spot on when I did that. So let's do it again. 10,000 feet, which means the answer is 10,000 ohms. Final which, answer. Which sounds like I'm measuring the electrical current resistance of this mountain. <laughs> Final yes. answer. 10,000. 10K. 10 large. The correct answer is 8,980 oh. ohms. Close. Not Maha close enough. Maha Jersey is 8,839 feet or 2,694, which I measured by... The metrics, which is why it's a little off. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So let's talk weight. They're 0.6 ounces, which is 6,000 kilograms. I'm just kidding. It's it's 17 grams. Okay. How many alms go into the largest slanina ever? I refuse to answer. That's a, that doesn't that sound like a not good word? Yeah, it sounds not great. 
here's a hint. This a slanina is also uh, it's also called a pancetta or a sallow. It's I don't a like slab of. I don't pork. like any of this. <laughs> pancetta sounds like food. That's it's true. a slab of pork. It's like a giant piece of bacon. All of these it, sound like Pokemon names. It's a cured slab of fat back. If you wanted to hear more words that sounded bad. <laughs> I like cured. That's my favorite word that you've said so far. Uh, it was prepared by four buds from Slavonia, Croatia, and it came from a pig that was worth more than 10,000 kuna. Now you're just speaking gibberish. <laughs> so it's got to be limited to the size of the pig. Pigs can get pretty darn big, though. Big pigs. I'm going to go with 75 pounds. If it's like the entire back, I guess. Slab. Yeah. Nah. That's, that's got to be too much. No, maybe not. But pigs really big. So we'll go 75 pounds. This is not going to be easy math. I'm going to say 2,000. <laughs> so in terms of weight, you can either have one... Um, Pancheretta, or whatever you said, or <laughs> uh, 2,000 wriggling tiny dragon salamanders. Your 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 choice, really. Uh, final answer? Yeah. Correct answer was 11,411 ohms. How heavy? Did I do the math wrong? The Slanino was- weighed 194 kilograms or 427 pounds. Nope, I did the math right. Just got the guess drastically wrong. 194 kilograms, you said? Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, almost 400 pounds. Or over 400 pounds. That and then is... the pig itself was like 300, 400 kilograms, so. Yeah, I knew pigs big could get really big. Pig. Uh, Would you like to know any fast facts before we get into the major fact? Sure. Olms are adapted to life in total darkness. They live in caves, as we mentioned, and swim around in dank cave water. Because of this, they have underdeveloped eyes, or almost undeveloped eyes, and are completely blind, except for some light sensitivity. Uh, Instead, they use their excellent smell and hearing to get around. Their eyes are sensitive to light, and if they detect it, they'll swim away. Since they have no pigmentation in their skin, they could get a pretty bad sunburn. Hey, guess what? Same. Yep. Well, it takes me a a while to get sunburned, but when I do, it's bad. Olms are able to sense organic chemicals in the water. Even in low concentrations, uh, chemoreceptors allow them to detect prey, including snails, insects, and crustaceans. Again, that's going to be your daughter's name, right? And crustacean. <laughs> the fantasy uh, has ended. <laughs> they also have electroreceptors uh, that allow them to detect electrical fields. Some researchers believe that they may be able to use the Earth's magnetic field to orient themselves. You'd have so to do something like, in complete and utter darkness. Yeah, post you know, post democracy when democracy is dead, according to the Wall Street. No, according to the Washington Post, Olms are gregarious, Same. and they like to have parties in stone cracks and caves, kind of like in the Matrix. 
the second one. Don't watch it. Don't watch it, kids. They the their really long heads are really good because the inner surface of their nasal cavity is mm-hmm. thicker than in other amphibians, and there's more surface areas, and they have a Jacobson or- organ, which I think we've talked about before. I don't recall that. It's like a it, it helps their smell. It's a additional. It increases the ability to smell. Uh, it's almost like you can. I think it's almost like you can taste what you smell. So it's like chemoreceptors, kind of. So their hearing and their smelling is way better than above ground amphibians and salamanders that are similar to them. Thanks to so their Jacobson's organ. <laughs> but I wonder that's who all I, got. I wonder who discovered that. J- Jacob Jacobson, probably. All right. You ready for the major fact? I sure am. I'm calling it I Will Survive. And if you listen to the intro, you got a little taste of that. So it turns out spending your whole life in a cold cave with no light whatsoever uh, can have an interesting effect on vertebrates. As you mentioned, uh, the ulm has, it doesn't have no eyes, but they're completely covered with skin. So it looks like it doesn't have any eyes. They're completely undeveloped and basically useless although it can they do think it can can detect light um throughout its body actually uh they're not exactly sure how or why because there is no light where where it lives in the depths of the caves um but where we're going we don't need eyes we're going to be talking about this long 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 lived salamander so it takes about five months after being after the, an egg is fertilized for the ulm to hatch, and then it takes another fourteen years to reach se- sexual maturity, and then after that it makes it remains reproductively viable for another eighty-five years. So all told, these guys can live up to and possibly over. A hundred years, which when I was putting this, when I, when I put this topic in, I probably should have spaced it out from the tortoise episode because those guys live like 300 years to 250 years or whatever, which is really impressive. Um, but you know, for a tiny salamander, for things that are this small, it's not common to find uh, a lifespan over, you know, a few years, let alone a century. Um, and this is one of the longest lifespans for vertebrates uh, in general, especially vertebrates that don't live in the ocean. So the question is, how can it live so long? It eats Com- green vegetables. No, it, it doesn't. actually doesn't. <laughs> not, e- not even one. Eat your crustaceans, kids. Yeah. Just just eat crab ra- ragu, rangu, ragu, ragu. Crab ragu, just eat that, and and bisque, lobster bisque, and you'll live to be a hundred probably. I don't know. Um, I'm not a doctor. Complicating things is the fact that uh, the water it lives in is just over fifty degrees Fahrenheit, ten ten degrees Celsius. And so while this doesn't sound very cold, like you'd be uncomfortable, but you'd make it. Uh, it definitely matters if you're a cold-blooded amphibian, which the ulm definitely is. Uh, 
plus food can be extremely difficult to come by in the depths of a cave. So this little salamander spends all of its time in a cold, foodless, lightless cave, um, which sounds like a great way to spend your time if you've only got a hundred years to live. <laughs> it found food in a lightless place. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I, I, I think um, my brain specifically represses that song because I hate it so much. Yeah, what did, were you working somewhere where I was playing constantly? Uh no, I just there was a time where I heard it on the radio all the time back when I used to listen to the radio. Well, um, there's your problem. And yeah, that was my problem. And it just it was so vapid that it really just impressed on me for a little while and then I I I think my subconscious um in order to cope just tried to remove it from my memory. Welcome to pop music. I know, but that one's that one's particularly nothing. <laughs> it's particularly nothing. That um, song, someone, some, someone that I used to know also like really grinds my gears. But this, but the love in the hopeless place. It's just wait, how many you found love in a hopeless place? So it's seven words. The chorus that she sings like seven or eight times, and then the whole like dance part is two notes that's it it's like it's it's worse than chopsticks <laughs> awful 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 anyway <laughs> i i would much rather listen to i found food in a lightless place all right so why how how is it possible that the ulm lives so long the almighty ulm is uniquely adapted to live in this very harsh environment. The cold, rather than actually being a hindrance or a complication, is actually goes a long way toward helping it live so long, its longevity. Um, by living in this cold environment, it drastically slows the Ohm's metabolic rate, uh, which, for those of you that don't know, your metabolism is how you turn food into energy. How quickly that happens, how much energy is required and produced, how much food is required to produce a certain amount of energy. Um, and so animals and people have varying rates of metabolism. We've talked about animals whose metabolism was so fast uh, that they need to be just constantly eating all the time forever. I think it's the um, kangaroo mouse. Uh, that we talked about lives in the cold desert in order to live it needs to like it needs to be constantly eating because its metabolism is so high this is the exact opposite this goes the way of the greenland shark which if you'll remember is another long-lived animal um, so rather than constantly needing food it actually needs food very seldomly um, and a, a byproduct of your metabolism turning food into energy the creation of energy is the creation of free radicals which sounds great like early church history you know free radicals um but uh no they're actually they're actually really bad for you um a free radical is an atom or a molecule that is unstable and will interact with dna strands and tissue cells doing damage to them 
Um, they're natural byproduct of cells uh, producing energy in the body, so they're completely unavoidable, but um, they still contribute to aging and muscle deterioration. And you, can, you can't re necessarily reduce the number of free radicals that are produced, but you can reduce their effect by uh, eating things like blueberries. They have lots of antioxidants that fight the, the free radicals. So eat your blueberries, kids. Unfortunately, the axolotl does not have access to uh, abundance of blueberries, or any blueberries for that matter. Um, so instead, it just has a really, 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 really low metabolic rate. And so it doesn't produce very many free radicals, and so it's DNA, uh, the, the telles, which are the, the ends on uh, DNA strands, are not as damaged, which means it slows its aging rate and also its deterioration. Um, and so with the slower metabolism, they can literally chill out for long periods of time because it's, you know, it's so cold. Um, but one ohm was recorded to have sat, or sat, and not sat, they swim, so it's just kind of like laid on the floor of this cave in this one spot for almost seven years. Not moving or eating or anything. It just was there. It existed and lived for seven years in one single spot. And in fact, they can go for up to and possibly over ten years a full decade without eating anything. And that's thanks to A, their low metabolism, and B, uh, their unique way of storing nutrients and energy in their liver uh, using, I, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a chemist, but has something to do with storing lipids and glycogen in large quantities in the liver. If that means anything to you, congratulations. <laughs> I don't, I, it's, it, it, to me, it's just, it's gobbledygook that means that they can, they can, uh, they make the most of their meals. So they'll gorge themselves when they can, uh, but then they store it so effectively that they can live for a decade before having to eat again. Um, kind of, I mean, like a tardigrade. A tardigrade doesn't hunt or anything like that, but uh, it, it can reduce its metabolic rate. So much so that it can basically live without food or water or air for a really long time. Um, obviously, the tardigrade is the king of survivability, but well, the Ulm is, Ulm is up there. Almost. <laughs> Plus, like the axolotl, they have Wolverine-esque regeneration powers, if you remember that episode. Uh, so the Ulm can regrow limbs that are lost or eaten or cut off or whatever um so while they're in this uh famine mode they can even absorb their own tissue for nutrients and then regrow that tissue when once they get a meal their long awaited meal so these are these guys are the best at starving for long periods of time <laughs> they've mastered the art of starving forever but this, all the survivability contributes to the fact that, and the fact that they just spend so much time not doing anything. I mean, you think cats sit around doing nothing all day. These guys can sit around for 10, for, for seven years at least without moving from their spot. Crazy. They're like plants. Um, 
but they're but they're like they're aware of their environment so it must be really boring but yeah that's <laughs> that's the ohm uh, they love splunking and partying in cracks same nah never mind no i wouldn't i'd like to party in a house what or is a house if not a, a a crack made of man-made walls um i don't i don't understand <laughs> i don't understand what you're saying no one does <laughs> You got anything else? That's all I got. All right, that was the Ulm. Basically, the uh, Axolotl's second evolution. In, in uh, Pokemon evolution, not actual evolution. Uh, but yeah, if it if 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 uh, the Axolotl is your starter, then the uh, the Ulm is uh, what it evolves into at level 16, and uh, that's when it learns Bubble Beam. <laughs> And who knows when we'll get to the final one and it gains a ground type. Um, so for you out there in Podcastia, if you're still, if you're still listening, uh, engage your Electros receptors. Make the most out of every meal. And always, always, always be sure to store both lipids and glycogen in your liver like the Ulm here in Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Hey Taxonomy Titans, thanks for listening to the episode. Just a few quick things. As always, reviews and social media engagement are greatly appreciated, but recommending the podcast to friends is the best way to help us grow. If you'd like some LDT-flavored merch, check out teespring.com stores taxonomy tees. That's it. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. <laughs> we did it. Very similar to the axolotl. Yep. Except it lives longer. <laughs>